What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Corey Burdosk on the episode today. She is from Canada. You guys are going to love her accent. And Corey, <laughs> I'm just going to throw it at you. Start wherever you like. Okay. Thank you so much. Um, I'm really actually glad to be able to share my story. I think it was one of the hardest parts for me was to learn how to speak up a bit and um, share my truth. But in doing that, it's really transformed my life. So I was thinking about it, like, where's the best place to start? And I don't know if there necessarily is. <laughs> um, so I'm actually going to start kind of in the middle because that's where the transformation happened. So last year, um, just trucking along in life and started to think I might be pregnant, but it couldn't be possible. Um, I had an IUD in for very severe endometriosis. Um, and I'd always been kind of told that I wasn't going to be able to get pregnant. Um, again, but I'll go back to that. But I just started to feel pregnant. And I thought, oh, it's not possible. And I took a few tests. They didn't come up. So I thought, okay. But I kept feeling pregnant. And so, you know, eventually... I got a positive test, faint but positive, and I thought, this is unbelievable. I'm, I have an IUD. I can't be pregnant. Um, and it took a little while to get into my doctor, but I was actually really excited. Um, I thought, oh, fantastic, right? Like, started planning everything, um, and I was actually quite far. It was nine weeks, I believe when I actually went in to see my doctor. Um, but knowing my history and how looking back, I kind of realized he probably knew more than I do, but I, I just was so excited, I think, that I just could, I didn't think it could be possible that something was wrong. But he got the blood work, and it was low. Um, and so it's, he sent me to see for an ultrasound. And... Still, I never occurred to me that anything was wrong. I was just really excited. Um, And I went in for the ultrasound. And I will never forget that feeling of laying there. Thankfully, my friend Christy was there with me, and she's also a nurse. And having someone in my worst moment of life was actually so beautiful because laying there, watching, and then realizing the baby wasn't where the baby was supposed to be was the most devastating feeling um and we both knew at the exact same time and i just started sobbing and the the tech quickly ran out and then came back with the the doctor and and thankfully they were very like forthcoming they said yeah the baby is in your tube um i've already called your doctor he knows 
and we need you to go to emerge right away. And that was at like 4.30 in the afternoon. And it's still very much a blur. Um, and again, I'm so grateful my friend Christy insisted she come with me. Because within, by midnight, I was in surgery and uh, lost my left tube, lost my baby. They also did the endometriosis surgery, so they removed some spots and kind of cleared everything out and took the IUD out. So a lot of loss, loss upon loss, I guess, at the same time. And that healing um, from that was very, very layered and very deep for me because now I'll kind of go back to the beginning part of my story. I'd had a miscarriage when I was 20 at 12 weeks from a rape. And that was probably why my body was very protective, I guess, and not wanting to get pregnant. And it was very layered. So I spent 14, 13 years thinking I couldn't get pregnant. And again, and grieving that kind of reality in my life and then getting pregnant only to lose it. Um, so I had a lot of stuff to unpack. And one of the things that's become so real in my life was I was seeing a counselor and she just kept saying, you know, you are a mom. You've had two losses, but you need to kind of redefine how you see yourself. He's is always so extremely painful for me when people would ask if I had kids and was I going to have kids and why wasn't I having kids, you know, like all of those questions. And so one of the things I chose to do was when people asked me those impertinent questions, <laughs> I said, I have two angel babies. And it was extremely hard for me. Um, because I'm always the person that thinks about everybody else's feelings before mine. But just that simple act shifted everything for me, where I started to, I felt like I gained some of my power back and some of my presence in my own life, I think. Um, I hadn't acknowledged out loud to myself really how much I had wanted to be a mom. I just kind of stuffed it down inside and thought that that was easier to deal with, like pretending I didn't have a loss and then pretending I didn't have a second loss and that I wanted to be a mom because that was so incredibly painful. So starting to share my story with people and just let them know my truth that oh, this had happened. and. Um, it just allowed me to really grow and allowed me to actually be really present in my life. Um, my boyfriend, unfortunately, left in that process. He didn't want to acknowledge that I had gotten pregnant and just left. And so I had that loss at that time. I had two friends leave as well. They didn't, they couldn't deal which was really interesting. Um, but I'm so grateful for the healing that has happened through that. And because of that, I now teach yoga 
at a pregnancy and infant loss support center, a nonprofit. I teach yoga for grief there. Um, and I'm also a board member helping to build the community and the center. And I'm that truly is so cool. Like, yeah, I, I saw that on your Instagram and I was like, that's so unique and so cool. Yeah, it's um, one of the biggest things I think that happened for me <clears throat> was because I was so disconnected. I was teaching yoga before that and I'm a nurse. So like I had a lot of awareness, but there was this there's always layers that you can dig into, right? There's always more. There's always more healing, I think. Like, I don't think healing is ever done. It's a kind of a journey. And and one of the layers I had to really dig into was even more was connection to my body because I remember waking up after the surgery and honestly feeling like like I was kind of floating above my body and I couldn't connect to it. I felt so disconnected from my body. I felt so betrayed. Um, and so part of my journey was actually getting back into yoga right away and reconnecting with my body and being a friend with my body. Um, and so that's why I wanted to teach yoga for grief was because countless times I've heard from women now that that's the same thing that they felt. They feel, and it doesn't matter if it's been a year, a loss 20 years ago or two months ago, that that is the most difficult thing is, yes, all these other things with people and everything is, is excruciatingly painful, but the most painful is the, the connection inside and no one else can help you with that. You have to help yourself with that. Um, so providing a space for people to just be in their bodies in a safe environment um has been truly truly healing and it's healing for me every time um as i get to kind of experience it with the women and men i have men come as well dads come um it it's just a blessing um and now you know i have a new partner and and we're we're trying to get pregnant and we did have a early miscarriage, but it's been so, my, my last baby, I named him Nolani, which means mist of heaven. Um, he has taught me so much in, in just being present. And I'm so grateful for that gift because even when things are so painful, um, I just feel very grateful that I can just be in my, in the moment now and not run away from anything and just feel it, whatever it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. I, I love when people can find gratitude, uh, throughout something really difficult. I think that, um, it's, it's hard to do, but it's also like so important in the healing process. So I just think that that's really cool. I actually, with my first loss, I remember I did a post and it was like, I think I said like pain does not equal purpose. Purpose is to live with ease. It's to find the good in everyone and in every situation. Mm -hmm. Found through surrendering to the universe when things are just not in our control. 
Uh, and pain doesn't drive the purpose, but finding love and gratefulness, even during the pain does. And that's what you've done. Mm-hmm. So, um, so kind of what's, what's your plan from here? Where, what's the next steps? Honestly, I'm, I am not entirely sure. Um, other than just basically, yeah, just surrendering and living day by day. I, I know that I'm supposed to be doing um, this work with the center. It, it truly lights me up because the feeling of isolation that comes, and I, I can say, like most, most people say that they feel that. Moms and dads feel so isolated and feel so um, belittled. It's not the right word, but there's still so much shame and um, silencing, I guess, around pregnancy and infant loss that I just know that that is where I kind of fit in right now is giving voice to other people as well. And sharing my story, like continually sharing my truth and continually, because that, that vulnerability allows someone else to be vulnerable, right? Going back to Brene Brown's work that mm-hmm. it, it just naturally allows people to open up. And my work is always continually in doing that myself, you know, not running away from the pain. And it happens over and over again where you're like, stop it. I don't want to be sad. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, ah, okay. Just allow the feelings to come and go. Um, and there's something really beautiful in that. Um, and allowing space for, for um, the dark emotions to live beside the, what we call, you know, positive or, you know, brighter, happier emotions, right? Like they, they can coexist. Mm-hmm. And just kind of allowing space for all of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can yeah. be grateful and find joy at the same time of still feeling grief and sadness and immense pain. Mm-hmm. Those things can live together. And I, I feel like that is kind of where I live in with my, my work at the center is, is I'm really good at holding space for those dark emotions and allowing people to feel them, but also feel all the other things that they, they have, the, the positive, grateful things that they have in their life as well. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at. And even in my own journey right now, just really like actively trying now to have a baby again and mm-hmm. feeling that sadness still and, and but trying to be joyful in those moments. So allowing both to exist, things are going really well in my life, but still allowing space for, for just the natural process of what your body wants to do. Stuff just comes up. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, um, If you had one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? (sighs) My advice to people is always 
You are not wrong. Your body is not wrong. How you feel is not wrong. It is all okay. Just allow your process, allow whatever wants to come up to come up. Allow yourself to set firm boundaries. Allow yourself to be home if you want to be home and then the next day you want to go out. Allow yourself to just be you in whatever you need and in however long that needs to take. There's yeah. no one right way to grieve. There's no one right way to process a loss. Um, life changes and that is just a fact. It changes a lot. So just, just kind of not sit in that, but like, just let it be. It's okay. You know? Yeah. Let it be. That's perfect. I feel like that's like the perfect wording. Just let it be. Now, if somebody wants to reach out to you, Corey's Instagram, the best way. Yeah. Okay. And it's yeah. underscore Corey Angel. Corey Angel. Yeah. Yep. And I'll go ahead and I'll link that in the description. Okay. Random question. Is it Angel because of your angel baby? No, or... it's actually my middle name. It is? Oh my yeah. gosh. That's a beautiful middle name. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So oh, I started cool. to embrace it more. Yeah. Um, I Super used to have cool. a blog that was called Angel Slice. Yeah. Um, and then I, I transitioned and just started to use my name as part of my sharing my story and my voice piece was just really embracing my own name. <laughs> oh, I love that. I yeah. love that. You guys go follow her because her Instagram is super inspiring and it's just, it's really pretty too. <laughs> oh, thank <laughs> like you. Your, your Instagram is just really well put together. I tried to, I, I've tried to do that. I'm just too hot messy too. I can't, I don't know. I've tried. <laughs> but oh, that's I, really nice to hear. <laughs> yeah. I love your page. So, um, thank you so much for jumping on being vulnerable. Like you said, you know, vulnerability it's contagious and so you being contagious. vulnerable allows somebody else to be vulnerable and that's what this is all about so I really appreciate it and thank you so much yeah thank you for the opportunity absolutely all right you guys so I just asked a very personal question off air and I just wanted to be sensitive I didn't know where she was in the healing process of this but the way she responded I just feel like is so important for everybody to hear and such a crucial part to her story so um, I wanted to get this on the episode as well and the question that I asked was just like how did the loss differ from your first loss when you were raped compared to your second loss. And Corey, if you could just like explain to everybody because you said it so beautifully. Yeah. So the first loss um, was from a rape. Um, it was my first time having sex. Um, and it was dramatically different because I hadn't acknowledged it. I didn't tell anybody about the rape and I certainly didn't tell anybody about being pregnant. So I hadn't really even acknowledged to myself that I had gotten pregnant. And I experienced so much shame. I had so much more shame around being pregnant than the rape itself. 
and I just stuffed it inside myself. So I lived for 13 years thinking I couldn't get pregnant, but I had gotten pregnant and that I'd lost the baby and I felt so much shame around that. So when I, I got pregnant last year and had the ectopic pregnancy, there were so many layers to it of feeling the loss for two babies. I was grieving both babies at the same time, but I was also grieving all the shame that I'd held and carried inside myself about the pregnancy, the first one. Um, and there was this duality that was really hard for me to unpack um, about the first pregnancy being around shame and the horrific circumstances. And when pregnancies, you know, in our culture is supposed to be such a beautiful thing and so exciting, I had this yuckiness surrounding it. And then wanting the pregnancy last year and being so excited and my future had changed so much in the blink of an eye and I was so happy and then I lost the baby. So I had this, just this crazy layers to unpack about my choices in, in that circumstance of choosing to stuff something down and not really dealing with it. And then my choice about being happy and then losing the baby. Um, so I just had to, to choose to allow it all to be there and to unpack it and to just sift through layer after layer after layer of feeling shame and guilty um, and acknowledging to myself that even in, in that shame I had wanted the pregnancy, the first one, you know, I, that's just kind of my belief system and that it was okay for both of those things to coexist. Um, and I guess that's why I'm, I'm so, so passionate about allowing the dark emotions and the light ones to exist together because it's just a reality and it really doesn't matter what your situation is. We, we all come from different backgrounds and different desires and all these things. And it's just a reality that this stuff can come up. Um, and being able to speak about it and talk about it really does help. It gives, gives these things a, a pathway, I guess, to be expressed and to rise up, which is just what they want. Um, there's no right or wrong. Like I said earlier, there's absolutely no right or wrong. There's no right or wrong emotions. It's, they're just there. Um, but stuffing them inside and pretending that they don't exist was absolutely the worst thing for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you were able to like, I think learn from that, you know, um, again, thank you so much. Yeah. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you digging even a little bit deeper on mm -hmm. the more sensitive stuff. So uh, keep us posted and yeah. everybody make sure you give Corey a follow and just keep up. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks again. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.
I'm just leaving.